poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness. Now, nestled in the foothills of a mountain range, Greatness Village is the promised land the Chasing Poker Greatness community calls home. Here, you'll find elite teachers, aspiring pros, and primitive tribal warriors who grew tired of their old ways and found a better path. These are the stories of Greatness Village on Chasing Poker Greatness. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, Brad Wilson, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com. In today's Villager episode, I have Jamie Beeman. Jamie's been a member of Greatness Village for at least a year, a year-ish, um, has bought all the courses, is an upstanding Villager. Uh, Beeman, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Thanks. Glad to be here. So to start out, you know, you're a poker player. You're aspiring to be the best poker player that you can be. You invest into the courses and to coaching and learning and growth, all of those things. So tell me the story about how you got involved in playing cards. Um, well, from when I was young, I've been playing cards. How old are you? My, I'm 41. So um, I grew up, my grandma, we played rummy. We also played a game called Bunko, which is with dice all the time when we'd stay with her. My dad always played cards. Many times I fell asleep on their friends, my, my parents' friends' uh, couch until three, four in the morning where they would go over and play cards. Like that was their thing. Just, uh, you know, always wanted to play, never allowed to type of thing. And then finally... You know, you get old enough, you start playing. Yeah, happy memories uh, watching watching your family play cards. Well, into oh the yeah, night. oh yeah. It reminds me of my grandma a lot. Um, like I said, every every time we stayed with her, which was a lot, while my parents worked, we were always playing either playing cards or uh, playing bunko, which is shaking the dice. Yeah. Always call it, so it's Where are you from? What part of the U.S.? Uh, originally from southern Indiana, but when I was 13, we moved up to uh, just north of Chicago. Nice. I know, uh, you know, it reminds me of spending time with my grandparents when I was a kid. Um, I would stay the night at their house. They would always have the same couple over. Uh, when I was there, they would play rummy like for hours and hours and hours. Only recently, I might, might get a little uh, emotional, but recently I, I spent some time with my grandparents. Haven't really seen them in the last year, year and a half, uh, global pandemic and them being 80 and just lots of logistical things to navigate and spent the night with them. My wife was at training for her, her business and, uh, just played rummy versus my grandma until 11:45 at night, just no phone, no anything, just playing rummy. Um, she even commented like, you know, it feels good 
just sitting here and playing rummy together, huh? And, you know, it did. It was just such a gratifying and fulfilling experience that had brought me back way back into my childhood. And so, yeah, I can certainly empathize and it resonates with me just this joy of it's not even the playing cards. It's more the camaraderie. It's more the relationships and just being a part of something. Yeah, definitely. So you're introduced to playing cards at a young age. Did you go to school? Uh, did you graduate college? What did your professional life look like um, before you kind of rolled back into the card world? Um, no, I did not graduate college, obviously. Uh, I went maybe a year or two. I think a year, uh, year and a half of college. You I went just... a year and a half or two years more than I did, so <laughs> congratulate yourself on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I did. Oh, well, I, I got into construction, worked a lot of construction in my 20s. Um, and then as I was 08, when everything kind of hit the fan, there was not a lot going on. A buddy of mine opened this company um, selling and servicing fitness equipment. And I just started working with him and it was easy and simple for me. So just been there the whole time. Nice. Um, yeah. And when did cards re-enter the picture for you? Like when did um, you start taking really, poker seriously? Yeah, cards never really went away. I, I was playing online as soon as I found out you could. Um, here and there sporadically, not all the time or anything. When COVID hit and sitting at home, uh, I obviously just started playing more again. And was it uh, sell for why I cut their membership down. It's like, oh, well, I can afford 10 bucks a month. So did that and just started like getting into the ins and outs of, you know, the training and stuff. What was it about solve for why um, that resonated with you that, you know, kind of stoked the fire to investing more energy into being a better poker player? Um, I, probably say just listening to Matt Berkey and um, Christian Soto on different podcasts up to that. I drive around all day, so that's so all I've been doing for the past three or four years, listening to podcasts uh, daily. And um, then, you know, the coupon effect or whatever, in fact, it went from, down from, I think, like 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month to 10 bucks a month. It's like, oh. Let's give this a try. Yeah. What was your favorite content on there? Uh, Podcast-wise? Uh, just to solve for why, like, full behind oh, the scenes. Oh, uh, Matt Hunt. Uh, mm. Matt Hunt. What was it? He, when he went through, like, the the whole um, tournament, like, from start to finish, they broke it up in sections and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really learned a lot. Yeah. Matt Hunt, he's a, he's a good dude. Smart guy. Yeah. Smart guy. Definitely. I like a lot. Of, I didn't even know who he was until that. And um, yeah, I'd say I definitely took the most away from his little uh, courses. I guess yeah. they call yeah. them on there. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, course. So how did you find me? Uh, I guess the podcast is probably the path that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think I found you. It was like the sixth or seventh one you'd put out. And I came across it and we listened to it and 
pretty much listened to it on cue as it came out from you know then on out. Whew. So you've you've been there from from the very beginning, from number six or seven. That's quite a long time. Yeah. Sadly, I guess it's been a couple of years now. I can't I can't remember. Everything just kind of blends together. I don't know how long I've been doing this show. Yeah, especially the past couple of years have really blend together for me as well. Yeah, it's like uh, just it all just kind of blurs into itself. I, I think that's uh, hard of getting old. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's a low blow, man. Low blow. Oh, for you, I, I'm like four or five years older than you yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but trust me, those four or five years, they're going to go by really fast. Um, yeah. Really, really fast. I never thought that I would uh, be somebody that had any kind of job or career for like 20 years. Like, I, you know, 20 years seems like an eternity and I'm going on like year 18 in the poker world, which just seems like unbelievable. So what led you to discovering greatness village, uh, joining the community, taking the step, uh, you know, from the podcast into just the training part. We thought boot camp. Yeah. Yeah. How did you like boot camp, and why did you choose preflop boot camp? I I just thought it'd be a great place to start, like to to like I don't know, start building the uh, strat your strategy, your personal strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother in law got it for me for Christmas last year. I was in. I remember that, that great debacle. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could. Tell the story. Tell the story, Beeman. Come uh, on. So she, after it was like two, it was almost a month after, wasn't it? Or mm-hmm. Something like that. It was a while. She, yeah. uh, what's the word? She challenged the charge on her card. She didn't really <laughs> recognize it. So then we had to go through that, her getting that taken away. <laughs> yeah. I, I woke up to embarrassing. this. I woke up to this scary email saying like somebody has refuted a charge on their credit card. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, I'm like looking at it and I was like, Beeman. Um, <laughs> luckily it wasn't, uh, luckily, you know, you didn't steal somebody's identity to sign up for preflop bootcamp. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was and like, is I that even decided. his name? Is he like just a fake person that went through the program? <laughs> yeah. Um, Decided from there to just purchase the rest. Yeah, just buy card. buy the buy the rest of them with it with that much easier. Card. Yeah, yeah. Um, what led you after boot camp to buy the other courses? You know, hunger for knowledge. To be honest, I, it was at that point where I, I started understanding, like, you know, where I should be starting at, and I I want to know where to go and how how to, you know, acquire a win rate on. Uh, um, you know, ignition or, or ACR, or even understand all that. So, so I'm yeah, guessing I, boot camp was okay. Oh yeah, I I enjoyed boot camp. I learned a lot from it. I started thinking about the game a little bit differently, just from a complete novice. Even though I've been playing for a long time, I, I would say a complete novice to after boot camp, just understanding like that first, the first step, the first, uh, yeah, the first step. Yeah, the first phase of this phase, cra- yeah. crazy game yeah. that we that we learn and play. Um, what's your struggle now? You know, after going through the courses, fish in a barrel, feeding frenzy, nuffle, preflop boot camp, and probably fishing with dynamite too, which I haven't even like 
marketed or sold publicly yet? <laughs> um, my struggle now, I would say, is more is probably still like uh, on the turn. Like I, you know, I, I'm getting much better at knowing when to see bet, how much, like either you know, small or larger see bet stuff like that. How that works, how that plays into the game tree, but. On the turn, I still find myself getting lost, and you know, and as soon as the hand's over, whether it's positive or negative or whatever, oh, I should have, you know, probably checked that turn. I would have been able to get more on the river, or save myself on the river, or I should have bet that turn for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not able to put in a ton of volume or anything like that. So. I'm still, you know, feel pretty positive about where I came from to where I'm at now. Well, with having, everything. so what's interesting is having awareness that the turn is a spot that you're struggling in is, you know, a really big upgrade, right? Like that's, that's a really good thing to be aware of where your struggle is instead of having no awareness of where you don't really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, gives yeah. you a target to shoot at uh, moving forward. And, you know, I think it is a, a learnable thing and it's always good to keep stock of these entry points to where you can investigate, learn, upgrade uh, uh, your thought process in specific situations like you just said, like the turn. So out of all the mark, the training that are, that's on the market that I guess that you have tried, um, how do you think the CPG stuff differentiates itself from all the other guys? Well, the, the first major is the, I mean, pretty much anything on the market now is, you know, GTO solver, kind of that line where this is more about actually analyzing the, the data, the, the pools that we play in and what's really going on rather than, you know, playing against a computer or somebody else that plays perfect or if there is even that person. Um, why do you, why do you think that, like, why does that resonate with you other, you know, rather than like a solver? Well, I'm playing 25 or 50 NL on ignition or ACR, which I don't really do. Here's a secret beam. ACR. Doesn't matter ACR. how high you play, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like, think I'm like I was just saying that that pool is definitely not you know studying the, the solvers as much, or maybe they are studying it but playing it. Or I just think what's resonated with me is that the uh, the data you're looking at and building these off of seems to come from the actual people that we're playing against. Yeah, that's the computer. Yeah, yeah, that that's the uh, that's the point, you know, the specific player profile, the recreational player, the fish, um, that's unstudied and more instinctual, will have the same bad habits whether they're playing fifty and L or two K and L. Um, that's just kind of the reality of of human beings. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. 
Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dog bets. And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent money makers built into my strategy that sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash courses. In this quest to improve yourself as a poker player, what has been the lowest impact action that you've taken? So something you've tried or invested time into that didn't really move the needle very much. I, I, I don't know. It's tough to answer because, I, I mean, as far as in investing time and money, it's been the solve for why stuff and, and your stuff. For me, <laughs> oh, really. no. so, that's and, not blast all for why or me. No, not at all. That no, I, I wouldn't. Um, and every uh, you know, all the courses I've taken with you have definitely moved me along and and helped me. What about a type it, of training product that just didn't resonate with you, or you can't figure out how to effectively use it? Some some of the just video, just watching videos sometimes, like the. Uh, not to blast off for why, like you suggested, but a lot of that is just they do they do have the I forget what they call them like once a week or whatever where it's a Zoom call, but um, just watching the videos in a row, learning from that, having like the hands on somebody kind of guiding you or there to answer the questions live and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely way better than just the videos. Well, I mean to be fair, you know. Poker is a really big game, and there's a lot of things to cover. And so the video, ha the videos like have to be very sequential and like just airtight um, to be insanely valuable, executable, and applicable. Um, just because like if you hit a bunch of different areas back to back to back to back, you're probably not going to make huge gains in any of them. It's going to be hard for that knowledge to kind of stick in your brain. If that makes sense. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched a ton and ton of videos on YouTube, wherever, and yeah, it, it's it's tough to learn like that unless you're actively taking notes, you know, going back to those spots and stuff, which I have done in a few, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, you need the hands-on and just the understanding, I do at least. I think The charts I, that you send out have really helped too, I, I mean, I got them all on the desktop printed out a couple and then in a few classes like everyone kind of would make a chart or an extra like you know uh guide or whatever to help us like learn stuff and i think being a part of the group how we break up into the groups and and stuff that's really helped too yeah and you know there's many different ways to tackle a problem and like a way that i lay things out or sequence it may may not resonate with everybody and it has been incredible 
where people will just build their own thing that resonates more with them and then shares it with everybody. And it's like, wow, like that's an angle that, you know, I didn't consider when putting it together and it's freaking awesome, you know? Yeah. So what's been the highest action that you've taken to improve your poker game? I mean, pre-flop blue camp. (laughs) That's definitely, you know, just having a, a solid foundation of where to start off from. And having faith in that foundation, you know, so I would, I would definitely say that. Yeah. That's having confidence is underrated, like confident that confidence that what you're doing is good is underrated in the poker space because it helps keep you sane. Um, it helps stop you from ruminating and wondering for days, whether or not you should have called a four bet or whether or not you should have jammed or whether or not you should have three bet all these things. What would you say in you know your journey listening to poker, consuming content, being a part of community, what's the most unexpected thing that's come from your journey? Um unexpected thing. The I guess you know getting down into the small groups, uh making the connections with people. I'm not one that like I have issues with being a lurker, I guess, more than anything. And it's not, I don't have things to say. It's just the confidence. I I don't, I don't know. It's going to sound weird, but. um, No, I think, I I think that for every person that contributes a billion things in the community, there's probably 15 people who are not saying anything and are just kind of watching. Yeah. And and I, I don't want to be, but I am definitely one of those people. Um, but when it breaks down into smaller groups, you feel more comfortable, um, and just, you know, how come you don't want to be, don't want to be what the lurker, like how come? Cause you... I, I don't, I, what DGA, DGAF would call me a knit. And I, and I know that because I'm just taking and not, not giving anything back. And I, it's not that I don't feel I have anything to give back. It's just. I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how many times I've typed something out and then just nah, that probably sounds silly and erased it or don't have confidence in what I'm trying to say will be relayed in the words that I type out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think DGAF would call you a nit um, for that. You know, that's, that's a different thing. You're not taking with no thought of giving, you're trying to give um, and just not pulling the trigger. Right. Right. Um, to that, I would say to you and anybody listening to the podcast that may be in Greatness Village lurking, um, whenever you communicate something, like no matter whether you're right or you're wrong uh, with whatever you're sharing, the good thing is that if you if you have an available upgrade that you're missing, somebody can point that out to you. Um, so somebody can notice it and basically give feedback there which helps them in that they have to think about the way that you're thinking about things and then communicate effectively to you. So it's like, basically they understand things um, better because they're forced to teach. And then on the flip side, if you are teaching, then you're naturally giving back to there's value in the person that you're giving feedback to. So like basically either way there's value added you know, even if it doesn't come across the way that you want it to, or even if you think it's silly or it might be wrong, even sharing an opinion that's wrong 
is valuable because that allows other people to think about the problem, think about maybe why that opinion is wrong and then communicate it effectively, which is a benefit to everybody. I just want to say I, I it's an absolutely safe place. I, I, I know it's an absolutely safe place. I don't want like, it's not like I have a fear that there's mean people in there or anything like that. Yeah, I'm going to rip that you would, new asshole. You say right. the wrong thing. No, I... I I believe wholeheartedly it's a completely safe place, especially our Slack group. Um, it's just, it's me. It's some, I don't know. Something I know I, I would, I would like to deal with. I know communication is a, a low point in my, in my personal whatever, but yeah, it's just where we're at. Well, there's no time like the present, Beeman. That's right. There's, there's no time like the present <laughs> um, to take, start taking steps. You're on a podcast communicating to the chasing yeah. poker greatness universe right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's aware and he's aware and maybe a little anxious. Maybe um, a to, to make you feel a little bit better and uh, did one of these with another villager. And I guess I didn't realize. So for me, like what's interesting about this podcast is for me, I'm having a, commu- a conversation with you, right? And that's how I perceive it because that's, I don't go back and listen to my episodes once they're done and dropped i've lived it i've had the conversation um so for me i've just had like a few hundred intimate conversations with one other person but for people who have listened to the podcast for 200 episodes coming on feels very daunting right it feels like a different experience and it does just even for me just talking to you right now right um and one villager that i had on i mean they broke down, they locked up, like they were sweating and they're like a, a high, higher stakes poker professional. Um, and they just, they felt the, uh, the fear of the podcasting, uh, much greater than they would ever feel any fear playing for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars playing poker, which, yeah. So you're in good company happens to, really? to the best of us. Yeah. Past couple hours, I've been heart beating out of my chest, like just, Feeling Isn't it good though? Anxious. You feel alive, yes. Beeman. Yeah, you feel alive. No, like, yeah, I, like I was telling you, I'm glad. I, I'm just definitely pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I uh, heard a quote recently, I forget, but about fear. The only way to grow is to walk into the fear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With, uh. Whenever, uh, you know, in order to be cur- courageous, you need to first be vulnerable. There is no courage without vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about joy in your career playing cards, what's the first memory that comes to your mind? I was about 25. Uh, one of the first times I ever played in a card room, down at the horseshoe here in Chicago, well, it's South Chicago. But, um, and, uh, I hit a, uh, full house on a river and, you know, the villain was, probably a pretty good player and was being very, very aggressive and ended up pulling it all, breaking it all. Just a memory that stuck with me, that feeling. Yeah. Just the look in his eye, you could tell, like, he definitely perceived me as, as less of a player and was maybe trying to bully me. Or, you know, I don't know. He never showed his cards, but, you know, it's just a good feeling to take away from it. A memory that sticks. Awesome. Makes man. you want to keep coming back. Yeah. It's like the golf, you know. Yeah, the one shot. The one shot that brings you back, you know? Yeah. Um, When you think about pain in your career playing cards, what's the first memory that comes to mind? Uh, Pretty much just the opposite. It's really fresh, so 
um, been on kind of a downswing recently and a couple of days ago thought I was finally out of it. Just, uh, you know, they hit like a two percenter on the river and I wasn't. I just had to shut the computer and walk away for 24 hours <laughs> before I turned yeah. it back on. But um, I don't know. I, I look at it as like you're playing a game. Like, yes, we're playing for money, but I, I've always loved games. I've always loved puzzles. I, you know, troubleshoot for my job. So it, like that, you know, trying to figure out the why and all that kind of stuff always resonates with me. So I'm, I'm usually always in a good mood, even when I'm losing playing poker so it's pain is tough the only pain would be losing bad pots i mean that makes sense it doesn't doesn't feel good to get blistered um (laughs) especially when you're like oh the you know the the light at the end of the tunnel i see it i I got a three-way all in and there's only two cards in the whole deck they both have the same hand and boom oh no (laughs) yeah Counting your can't don't count the chickens. Yeah, they've hatched. Yeah, um, this game. If you could uh, talk to a carbon copy of yourself, maybe pre-pandemic Beeman, um, who hasn't invested a lot of time and energy into studying, learning, being better at poker, uh, what advice would you give them today? Um, be easy on myself. You know, you can't. You're not gonna be perfect ever you're not going to be a professional overnight have more just you know be okay with being who i am love that love that man let's see if you if you could gift all poker players either a book to read or maybe a podcast episode to listen to what's uh one of those that you actually we'll do we'll do both of them we got time um we'll start with the the book to read if you could gift every poker player that you know a book to read what book would you suggest um probably thinking fast fast and slow fast or slow but fast and slow (laughs) i think you should take some time to think about it yeah thinking fast and slow by kahneman yeah why that book um it's just about like slowing down and you know, focusing on what's going on I, you know like uh taking the your pre preconceived thoughts out of it and what you you know think or not what you think but um, i'm having a hard time here um what you believe yeah your beliefs there you go away from the the situation that's actually in front of you yeah so seeing things more clearly and less biased yes i would give that to every american right now to read if i could yeah yeah but every american needs it um i believe so (laughs) if now a podcast episode to listen to what's been a a favorite pod episode i mean the most recent nick howard is very good um I'm drawing a blank right now. Well, the Nick uh, Howard ones, that's fresh, fresh and Yeah, yeah, just listened to it today. Yeah, he's a, he, he's a heck of a guy, hell of a thinker. Yeah. I love his direction. Same. What he thinks about life and not just poker, just 
the way he thinks about how we think. <laughs> yeah, that the to to be meta, which I'm sure would make Nick very happy. Um, <laughs> him spending time thinking about how we think. Uh, if you could wave a magic wand, change something about poker, what do you think you would change? Probably the. I mean, kind of go against it, but the predatory aspect of it, like you know, to be a, a winner or whatever, you got to beat somebody. That that part, I or out of their money, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't like what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you got time. You can change it. All right. What do you mean by predatory, and why does that uh, well, stick out like, or resonate? Um, more the bravado that goes into it sometimes you know we hear a lot about it right now like the men towards the women mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff even though you see it there's a ton of good women player like starting to come to the limelight more you know um but just that you know there's times where it's your people I, so I'm let me hard time yeah, let me let me interject. Um like I think that we live in kind of a shit talky culture. Yes. Um and kicking people when they're down or celebrating when someone is in agony. I think those types of like sportsmanship things are something that Booger could do a good job of upgrading. Yeah. The the, the recent Daniel Cates when he's in his Dragon Ball Z outfit. I don't know if you've seen that. I think that's a great example. I'm not, you know, never would be in that situation. So, I, you know, to each their own. But dude had a tough, tough decision to make, really tough decision to make at the point he was in. And yeah, he made the wrong one. But to then kick him while he's down and, you know, get into him like that, like, I don't know, that aspect. I guess would be what I would try to change. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I, I can see that. If you could put up a billboard, everybody's got to drive past on their way to the card room. What's your billboard say, Beeman? Be fucking nice. Real simple. <laughs> <laughs> be a good person. It's not be hard. fucking nice, motherfucker. <laughs> be fucking nice. What's wrong with you? Right? It's not hard. <laughs> uh... Man, it, it's been it's been great having you on. Um, been great being a part of your journey and being there to help you and see you grow. And yeah, let's. Uh, w- what are the next steps? Do you think in your poker career before we sign off? Um, next steps is moving up, keep moving up stakes, or at least pushing towards it. I, I need to uh, set a better schedule to where I can get more volume in myself. So I guess that would be the next step is yeah, find a way to create more volume. But. Research research how long you can how long the uh you can take for you to refute credit card charges. You know, that's the, that's the next step. <laughs> that's for the mother in law, brother. <laughs> Thank you for everything you do though, bro. Like, it's it's my pleasure. Been great. Man. Yeah. Glad to be a part of this black group, the family of CPG. Yeah, and I'll be seeing you in fantasy football. We got we got a showdown coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we get there. 
Hopefully we do, <laughs> sir. It's it's a pleasure as always. Love having you on, man. Um, we'll talk soon and I'll see you in the village. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.